0: Growing in God's Word and learning how to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh.
1: While our future is something we can look forward to, and while our future should be a motivation for our lives, we don't live there right now. We live right now in the present.
0: Time. It's probably the most valuable asset we have. What makes it so valuable is the fact that every single one of us knows that it's limited. Each one of us only has so much time on this earth. So it might be good to ask, where do you spend your time?
1: In your walk with Christ, are you satisfied with where you are? How far you've come in your relationship? Are you satisfied with the work that you do in in the kingdom and and how, how you're looking at how God may be using you to affect other people's lives? Are you satisfied with where you
0: are? Because I can assure you, God's not. I'm Rick Freeman. Welcome to Crosswalk. Time is basically broken into three parts, past, present, and future. And as we continue our series entitled Heartbeat from the book of Philippians, Pastor Clay's is going to show us today where the Apostle Paul spent the majority of his time. Paul was a man that had been through a lot and had given a lot for the building of God's kingdom. But as we'll hear today, Paul didn't get hung up on the past. And his present, well, it was simply an opportunity to move toward his future.
1: It's just, it's just not in Paul to consider. Consider that okay, this is good. I, I like where I am right now. No, he says I'm going to to press
0: on. We're glad you're spending some of your time with us today. Now here's Pastor Clay with today's message. I lead to the
1: cross. We're in Philippians chapter three, and we're all the way up to verses twelve, uh, beginning in verse up to verse 12 uh, this week, but I'm going to back up and read from the beginning of the chapter, Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from verses 1 all the way through verse 14. The text will be up on the screen, but if you have a copy of God's Word, uh, digital, uh, old school, whatever the case may be, open God's Word to Philippians chapter 3. Follow along with me as we begin to read this morning. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision, who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. And I could brag far more, Paul says, about what's been done in the flesh. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. Man, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm keeping all... I was keeping all the laws. Verse 7. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that. I count all things to be loss. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus." Let's talk about time and how it's affected and what Paul has to say about it today. We're discussing heartbeat. This whole series from the book of Philippians is about Paul's heartbeat for Christ. And and I think what we see in verses particularly 12 through 14 this morning uh, gives us kind of a glimpse of Paul's heartbeat again. We've seen it throughout, but I want to start out this morning with this. A heartbeat for Christ, here's what it creates. It creates an unsatisfied condition with your presence. That when you have a heartbeat for Christ, it will create an unsatisfied condition with your present. I think it's interesting that uh, Paul had just been, in verse 11, he had just been talking about a future event. the uh, The resurrection of those who are followers of Jesus Christ. The resurrection day, that day that is to come. He had just been talking about that in verse 11. But then in verse 12, he comes back to the present. He comes back to the present and where we currently are in our lives. Now, Paul is going to go, ready for it, back to the future. Great, Scott! He's going he's to go back to the future in verse 14. And talking about eternity and talking about eternal rewards is something that Paul likes to talk a lot about in his letters and and in the book of Acts. He likes to talk about that stuff a lot. But Paul comes back in verse 12 to the present tense because Paul knows that while our future is something that we can look forward to, and we'll talk about it in a minute, while our future is something we can look forward to, and while our future should be a motivation for our lives, it's not where we live right now, is it? We don't live there right now. We live right now... In the present, right? In all the muck and the mire and the mess of this present world, this present life and circumstances, this is where we live. And Paul says, I, am, I refuse to be satisfied with, with where I am. I refuse to just settle in and say, okay, well, that's, that's enough. I've done enough. I've gone far enough. I, I, I'm, I'm finished here. No, Paul says, I will, not, I will not do that. I will not look at life that way. And listen, Paul had, Paul had done a lot already. Right? I mean, there was a lot that he'd already done, a lot he'd already accomplished, a lot he'd already suffered for Christ. But as far as Paul was concerned, he hadn't done nearly enough yet. As far as Paul was concerned, there was no way he's going to settle into his present. Uh, Some of you, if you keep up with tennis at all, some of you may have heard that uh, the American professional tennis player, uh, Andy Roddick, uh, recently announced his retirement at the age of 30. The U.S. Open was going to be his last tournament. and He lost earlier this week in the fourth round. And so he retired at age 30. And um, basically, he he said that he he just felt like he had done enough. And it reminded me of my tennis days, my glory days of, of tennis playing. Um, it reminded me of when uh, a guy named Bjorn Borg retired. How many of you remember that name? Bjorn Borg retired in 1983 at the age of 26. 26 years of age, he retired. He was the number one ranked player in the world. He'd won 11 Grand Slam titles. He had made millions and millions and millions of dollars in, in uh, prize awards and in endorsements. And he said, I, I, just, I just don't have the motivation to get out of bed any, every day anymore and just pound tennis balls all day. I, I just can't find it in me. I, I, just, I just feel like I, I'm, I've done enough. Now, one of the things that we know about the Apostle Paul uh, is that I think he was a bit of a sports junkie uh, because he makes several references to athletic events and, and athletic uh, endeavors and that sort of thing in his letters and, and in the book of Acts. And, and I think if the Apostle Paul had been around with, when Bjorn Borg or Andy Roddick retired, I think he would have got all up in their face. I just think that's the kind of person Paul was. I think he'd have got all up in their face and said, retire, retire. What, what is wrong with you? You, you still, you've still got things you can accomplish. There's still more that you can get done. You're still breathing. What are you talking about? Retire. It's just, it's just not in Paul to consider that, okay, this is good. I, I like where I am right now. No, he says, I'm going to, to press on and in that word that's a it's a present active uh, verb it, it it basically means to pursue i'm pursuing this thing i'm pressing on to it. i'm not going to be satisfied with this thing one of the things i'll just be honest with you okay all right just just be honest we're we're celebrating our anniversary day as a church it's great i love church love love cross culture love what i get to do one of the things throughout the years of ministry that has, has just, just, I don't know, messes with my mind is sometimes when somebody uh, in the church uh, co- comes to this place, they come up and they say, well, I, I just feel like, you know, uh, and I'm not picking on, on uh, senior adults, but it seems like it happens more often with senior adults. A uh, senior adult will come up and say, well, you know, I, I've, I've done my part. It's, it's time for the younger generation to take over. I've done, I've heard that. I've done that. I, I've done, I've done my part. Really? Hey, listen, I so, somebody forgot to tell Floyd and Betty that. I, I, I've, done, I've, done, I've done my part. Listen, can I say this? Ministry, how we apply ministry, how we do ministry, that may change. It Really, it may change. As we grow older, there may be physical limitations. There may be some other reasons that ministry may change. But can I tell you this? There never comes a point where we retire. There never comes a point where we say, well, I've done enough. I'm satisfied with where I am. Paul would have thought that was absolutely ludicrous. To think that you'd say, well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm good in my present. I, I like this. Can I just ask you this morning, uh, in, in your walk with Christ, are you satisfied with where you are? I mean, are you satisfied with, with how, you, how far you've come in your relationship? Are you satisfied with the work that you do in, in the kingdom and, and how, how you're looking at how God may be using you to affect other people's lives? Are you satisfied with where you are? Because I can assure you, God's not satisfied with where you are. All right, let me, let, me, let me move on really quickly. Let me give you another idea here this morning. Um, a heartbeat for Christ creates also a short-term memory of your past. Unsatisfied with my present, short-term memory of my past. Verse 13, Paul says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do. Notice how it's kind of two things, but as far as Paul's concerned, it's one thing. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Paul says, I'm not satisfied with where I am. And hopefully, and he's saying, I hope you aren't satisfied with where you are. And one of the ways that you can make sure that you're not satisfied with where you are in the present is by forgetting about your past. Forgetting about About the events of your past. And listen, Paul had both good and bad in his past, didn't he? Paul had both good and bad. Remember, if you know anything about him, Paul was a persecutor of the church. Paul said, I'm going to stamp out Christianity once and for all. Paul persecuted the church. Paul had people thrown in prison. For their belief in Jesus Christ. Paul even assisted. Took part in the murder of a man named Stephen. Because Stephen was standing up and proclaiming that Jesus was the Savior. He was the Christ. That's who Paul was. And then Paul came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And listen to me. When that happens. It's wonderful and it's fantastic and all that kind of stuff. But... But there was certainly potential there for Paul to be caught up, bound, almost paralyzed by the guilt that he felt over what he had done in the past. Can anybody in here relate to that? Is there anybody in here that has not at some time in their life struggled with sins that you've committed in the past and, and not being able to break free of the thoughts or the, or the conviction or the guilt, really, over, over those events? Is anybody here had not felt that? Because I'm telling you, I've struggled with that at times in my life. Paul says you you, you, you got to have a short-term memory. you you, you got to learn how to forget about that stuff. Uh, but, but Paul also had good, right? Um, I mean, he, he had planted churches. No, who knows how many people had come into a relationship with Jesus Christ because of his preaching and because of his ministry. And he'd been on missionary journeys all over the place. And, and he had suffered much for Christ. We read some of that. I think that was last week, week before last. We read that account in Corinthians where... where Paul, all that Paul went through, all that stuff that, that he went through, and, and there's a temptation then to be, just say, well, listen, I, I, I've, I've, I've already been, I've already done all that. Look what's happened. Look how, look how far I've come. Look at the churches I've planted in the past. Look at the number of people God has used me uh, to, to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Look at the cities that have been changed as a result of my, uh, how God has, has used me. Uh, look at how much I've suffered. I've done all of those things. Paul says, no way, I will not do that. I will not allow that to happen in my life. I gotta forget about that stuff. Um, this morning, I was, uh, I, I couldn't find my shoes. And, and I asked Cindy, I said, where, where are my shoes? And, and she's giving me these look these days she, and she's been, you know, like worried about me. But she's like, seriously, they're in the closet un, under your shirts, on the shelf, there's a shelf in there. Well, I had forgotten about that shelf. Excuse me, it's a new, we just moved in there, still learning. But so I had looked in the closet on the, on the floor, but there's a shelf in between clothes and that's where they were. But Cindy's, Cindy's been worried about it because she says, especially since my fall, she says, I've been forgetting stuff. That I just, I just forget stuff. I, I don't think that's true, but... Um, 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 Cindy seems to think so. I... <laughs> Now listen, now obviously we don't literally forget about those events of the past, right? They're there, they're they're in our memory banks, but listen to me, listen to me. That's where they belong. They may be in our memories, but that's where they belong. And events of the past have no business interfering with my present or my future. No business. So, can I just... Say this to you. How do, what do we do if, if, we, if we're struggling with that? Maybe it's stuff from the past. Maybe it's the, the bad. Memories are it's just keeping me. I just don't I, don't, I don't feel worthy to serve or I don't feel like I have a, have a right to, to this or, or whatever. Can I just remind you of a couple things this morning? First, can I just remind you of the power of grace? Can you just remember the power of grace? Ladies and gentlemen, the deepest, darkest, most wretched sin. There is no depth to which the power of grace cannot reach. There is no life that has been lived that is not capable of coming to relationship with Jesus Christ because of the power of grace to work in our lives. It is able to redeem to the uttermost To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And right now, probably even right now in your mind, you're thinking of something in your life, something in your past that you still know is there. And you need to understand that the power of grace makes it possible for you to be cleansed and to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and to be useful in the kingdom of God. May I have the privilege of just sharing with you the magnificent truth of Psalm 103, verse 12, that says, He has taken our sins away from us as far as the east is from west. I've shared this with you guys before, but I, I, I just love to do it again. And man, the writer and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit always knows what he's doing. Uh, he didn't say as far as the north is from the south. That would be great because it's a long ways. If I start walking today, it's gonna take me a long time to get to the North Pole, right? But, but eventually when I get to North Pole and I keep walking, what direction am I going? South, right? Now I've started going south. And that, and that would be great to say, wow, it took a long time to get there. That's good, he puts your sins that far away. But no, God didn't do that. He did even something even greater. He put them as far as the east is from the west. Now, if you go east, how, w- when will you begin to go west? Never. If you go west, when will you begin to go east? Never. Not unless you turn around. If you go east, you're always going east. That's what God did. Listen, can, can I just remind you of these beautiful words from the prophet Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 43 says this. I, yes, I alone, will blot out your sins for my own sake, and I will never think of them again. New American Standard says, I will remember the God says, I will remember them no more. I will think of them, never think of them again. And we're always thinking of them, right? We're always like bringing it up, and God's like, what? I forgot about that. See, you know what, you know what I, think, and I think a lot of this, I really do believe a lot of this is satanic. I think the devil likes to just bring this up. Think he likes to remind us of our past, you know, because it just keeps us from, from moving forward and keeps us from being effective for the kingdom of God. Maybe, maybe you've heard this old saying uh, before, it's a good truth to remember. The next time the devil reminds you of your past, would you just remind him of his future? Would you just remind him of where he's headed and where you're headed because of the power of the grace of God? Okay, well, what if it's good? What if it's good memories that have kind of, if I look at my life and I say, you know what, I have become kind of lethargic. I have kind of settled in and said, well, listen, I've done, I've done this or I've accomplished that or I've, I've, I can, you know. What if, it's, what if it's those sins? Well, in that case, you need to remember the purpose of grace. It's the purpose of grace. This may come as a shock to some of you. This may come as a shock. But Christ didn't die, Christ didn't redeem you, Christ didn't save you just so that you could miss hell. Do you know that? If that were the case, if that was his objective to make sure that nobody ever went to hell, then all they have to do is never create us. And hell wouldn't be a problem. No, Christ redeemed us, ladies and gentlemen, so that we could have a, you ready for this? Relationship with him. An ongoing, forward-moving relationship ever-growing relationship with him. And please, please do not tell me this morning that you are satisfied with what you and God have accomplished in the past. Because I don't care however intimate you and God may be. I don't care however close your walk with Christ may be. I don't care how connected you may feel with God right now. I can assure you There's more that God wants for you. I can assure you that he he wants you to forget about your past because he has so much else for you and for me out there. So forget about the past. No, it's still in my memory. It's still there. But I don't have to live in the past. And guilt, when I understand the grace of God and the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on our behalf, when I recognize that, Guilt, quite honestly, is something that we should only see in our rearview mirror. Because Christ has set us free. The more that God has for us is in verse 14. And on the screen, it looks like this. That a heartbeat for Christ creates a long-term vision for your future. See, I kind of had this idea at the last minute to, to save that one for last because... The long-term vision ultimately is looking out at eternity. It's ultimately looking out at, at heaven. And all of that, ladies and gentlemen, all the eternity to come and all the heaven, all of that is made possible because of this. Whatever hope we have for our future is based on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. It creates a long-term vision for your future. Look at verse 14 where he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's the second time now that he has used that phrase, I press on. And again, just to remind you, it means I pursue. I'm, I'm running after this thing. I'm chasing this thing that's my future. I press on toward the goal for the prize. And he says what it is, the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He comes back to basically the idea they talked about in verse 11. The resurrection from the dead and the attainment of eternity that God has waiting for us. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. I, I really don't know what all eternity is going to be like. I hear people have ideas, you know, and people say stuff from time to time. You know, we're going to be floating around on clouds and strumming harps, or, or you know, we're going to be uh, singing praises to God for all of eternity, or, um, you know, there's a golf course in heaven. I've heard that before. You know, it's a perfect golf course heaven. We play. I I, I don't know what all eternity is going to be like. I I really don't. Uh, The Bible gives us glimpses. It gives us little vignettes. Little pictures of what all eternity will be like. And I think the fact that God doesn't unveil it all is simply because I don't think we can handle it. I don't think we'd handle what all God has for us. All I know is it is going to be beyond whatever you and I can possibly imagine. This long term vision of our future. Hey, but can I just remind you of this? The long term vision for the future isn't something that we have to wait for when we get to eternity. It's not something we have to wait for when our heart finally beats its last beat and they throw dirt on us. This future that God has for us begins right now. It, it begins right now. It begins the moment that you get up out of these chairs and you go out these doors and, and you decide I'm either gonna live for myself or I'm gonna live for Christ with my life. And this this fellowship, this walk we can have with him, this this communion that we can have with God isn't something that's just high in the sky, by and by. As good as it's going to be, it's not just there. It's now. I can walk with Christ now. I can be intimate with Him now. I can enjoy this future. Whatever all it is, whatever all the plans that God has and the ways that He would choose to use me for eternal good, for kingdom purposes, I don't have to wait for that. I can have that right now. And so I need to walk with this this long-term vision of my future. uh, The other night, Travis, uh, our son Travis, showed Cindy and and myself a picture uh, that he had taken, that he had on his phone. And when he, he handed it to Cindy, and then he handed it to me, and we both uh, did the same thing. I don't have my phone with me, but we both did the same thing. Some of y'all know, uh, can relate. When he handed us a picture, he like hands it to us, and the first thing we have to do is like, and he laughed at us. And he said, Oh, look at both of y'all. So you have to have to push the get the phone away from you to be able to see it. He said, it's just a part of growing old. It's a part of growing older. But I was thinking last night, I wonder if it could be that part of the reason that as we get older, our earthly focus begins to dim, it begins to become out of focus because God is trying more and more to get us to have a long term focus. To look out farther and farther towards eternity and what God has in store for us. Is it possible that God's trying to say, no, stop. I know it's the sin curse and the body's wearing down and it's all effects. But it, that, that don't, don't focus here and now. I've got so much more for you. Which reminds me then of Colossians chapter 3, my favorite chapter in all the Bible. Paul says in verse 2, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth If I might take a little literary license, set your sight on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. That's what Paul says. I press on. I'm pursuing. I'm chasing this thing. Oh, yeah, the past, I know lots of bad stuff I did. But God's grace was powerful enough to work in my life. Oh, and I've accomplished a lot. Oh, yeah, God has used me in great ways. I understand that. But the purpose of grace is for what more God has to do. With me, And so I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna stay in my past and I'm not gonna stay in my present. I'm pursuing this future that God has in front of me. Can I just ask you this morning as we get ready to close, when you look at your life and your walk with Christ, if you're here and you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, honestly, just you and God, would you say you're pursuing this thing? You're pursuing this, this future that God has for you? And how he would use you both now in this life and in the eternity to come. Or is that just something, oh yeah, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven kind of thing. God has so much more, ladies and gentlemen, so much more. Marty McFly needed 1.21 gigawatts to get back to the future. You and I already have all of the power that we could possibly ever need to come out of our past, to be unsatisfied with our present, and to pursue our future. So let me close with this. Let me give you this little deal. I, I forgot it earlier in the, in the message, but, but maybe it's a good, good way to close. A little statement that I, I came up with. I came up with. I might as well not waste it. Our present isn't a parking pad to stop on. And I know a lot of people that have parked Our present isn't a parking pad to stop on, but a launch pad to take off from to whatever God has for us as we seek to glorify him with our lives. Off into the future and whatever God has for us. What does he have for you? If you show up, if you make yourself available, and if you say, God, here I am, I I, I appreciate what you've done in my past, I appreciate how you may may have used me in the past, but I'm in the present, I'm not going to stay here, I'm going to move forward, God, what do you have for me? You won't even believe what God will show you.
0: Past, present, and future. In today's message, Pastor Clay reminded us of the importance of where we spend the most of our time. Perhaps you've struggled at times breaking free of your past. We pray today's message has helped you realize that God sets us free from our past sins and wants us moving forward with Him in the life He has for each of us. Paul didn't allow his past, the good or the bad, to slow him down, and he didn't allow his present to be wasted by being satisfied with what he had already accomplished. Instead, Paul was pressing on toward his future. A future that will last for all of eternity and where time will be a thing of the past. We're glad you spent some time with us for this week's Crosswalk. Each week, Pastor Clay opens the Bible and brings out its exciting and practical truths to apply to our everyday lives. Cross-Culture Church is a new church in North Raleigh, but instead of religion, we're about relationships, and instead of rituals, we practice realness. We meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7, and we welcome anyone and everyone who is looking for a place to learn about God's plan for their life. At Cross Culture Church, we experience the liberating, satisfying, life-changing power of the cross, and it's our desire to bring that power to a culture in need of freedom, hope, and joy. We hope you'll come join us on a Sunday morning. We'll save a seat for you.
1: I'm not